Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Now that earnings season is almost over and a lot of the investor meetings at each of the MedTech companies are wrapping up, we kind of have a better idea of some of the devices that are getting ready to launch this year. And Sean, our in-house diabetes tech guru has done a roundup of some of the diabetes technologies that are getting ready to launch. Uh, So Sean, can you tell us a little bit about that before we jump into the news? I can, and I wouldn't go so far as to say guru, but uh, yes, doing a lot of diabetes coverage and been covering a lot of these devices over the past several years even, but there's a handful of really intriguing devices that are going to launch. Obviously, the usual suspects, Medtronic, Dexcom, Insulate are, are all in there. We've got some CGMs, some new CGMs, some new insulin pumps, some new combinations of CGM and insulin pump, all sorts of things on the horizon launching this year. We've mentioned of a few devices that already did launch. We talked about Tandem Mobi on the podcast recently, and, and that's that's already rolling out. And then you've got, there's some other pumps and devices out there that are seeking FDA clearance and could be on the cusp of launching you know, the next 10 months or so, maybe too short a space of time for them to get out in 2024, but we're still keeping an eye on them. So plenty of information in there about what to look out for in the diabetes space in 2024. Awesome. It's a really thorough roundup of all that diabetes news. So you'll have to check it out on the Massifies website and we will provide that link in the show notes as usual. So Sean, let's jump into the news for today. Yeah, today we'll be discussing a nine-figure fundraising round for a neurosimulation technology, an image-guided therapy rollout at Philips, a big step for a company trying to bring a non-invasive CGM to market, clinical trial developments as a result of Johnson & Johnson's acquisition of Laminar, and a major personnel move as a leader at BD plans to retire. So what's the first news story that we should know for today? Mainstay Medical raised $125 million for its neurosimulation technology. This news comes just a couple weeks after the company earned a big regulatory nod for its technology as well. So all good news from them recently. What does the company plan to put these funds toward? The company plans to put the new funds toward commercializing its Reactivate system in the U.S., Europe, and Australia. It also wants to use the money for post-market clinical studies, research, and general operations. CEO Jason Hannon noted that it allows the company to accelerate its efforts to revolutionize the treatment of mechanical low back pain through its Reactivate system, including by continuing rapid commercial growth and building on insurance coverage. So can you tell us a little bit about what Mainstay Medical's NeuroStim technology is? Yeah, so that aforementioned Reactivate system, restorative neurosimulation implant that treats mechanical low back pain, as Hannon mentioned. So this chronic low back pain that's associated with uh, multifitis muscle dysfunction is the target population right now. It's approved regulatory-wise in Europe, Australia, the UK, and the US. And as I mentioned before, there was an FDA nod earlier this month for expanded MRI labeling. What's the next news story that we should know? Philips launched its new Azurion neurobiplane system for neurovascular interventions. Zurion is Philips' flagship image-guided therapy system, and now the company continues to enhance it through additional improvements like the ones here. Tell us a little about what Azurion is. So that Azurion 
image-guided therapy system for neurobiplane is designed to streamline neurovascular procedures and help care teams make the right decisions and do so faster, particularly where stroke is on the line, there are stroke patients where every second counts. So this enables the treatment of more patients, better outcomes for those patients. It's got enhanced 2D and 3D imaging and x-ray detector positioning flexibility. And the company says it believes that it enhances both the staff and patient experience while also lowering costs. How does it help workflows? Well, Phillips says that it smooths and optimizes procedure workflows for confident diagnosis and precision treatment using the company's latest NeuroSuite software and services to provide a fully integrated solution. Some of the new features include enhanced C-arm rotation angulation, parking facilities for rapid transitioning between 2D and 3D imaging, comprehensive table side control to eliminate the need to leave the sterile field as well. And there are many more features listed by Philips on this front that I won't dive into because we could be here all day. What are executives saying? Mark Stoffels, Philips' business leader of image-guided therapy, said the company worked closely with leading interventionists to design the latest Zurion neurobiplane to meet their requirements for superior patient care, optimize angio suite performance, and efficient return on investment. He said that he's confident the company can continue to reduce the impact of stroke and help patients recover faster, reducing long-term impact on their health. And now we have some more diabetes news next, right? Yeah, No Labs unveiled its wearable non-invasive CGM set for FDA submission. We spoke about sort of a little bit of wariness, especially from the FDA, around non-invasive CGM through smartwatches and rings last week. But No Labs has been developing a device specifically designated for that purpose, and it seems to be progressing nicely just eight months after unveiling a simple prototype. Can you tell us about what this technology is? So the No-U non-invasive CGM uses the company's proprietary sensor in what it considers a miniaturized wearable form, utilizes bio-RFID technology, the company's sensor tech that uses spectroscopy to direct electromagnetic energy through a substance or material to capture a unique molecular signature, and it can integrate into a wearable, mobile, or benchtop form factor. So quite a versatile technology that has finally sort of found a home in this small wearable sensor. Interesting. So tell us how that sensor is worn. Well, it can be worn with an adhesive, like a standard CGM, allowing the user to clip the sensor on and off, or on the wrist or forearm with a strap, so perhaps kind of like those smartwatches that the FDA warned on, but significantly smaller and lighter than the prototype that was released almost a year ago. The device has onboard computing power and built-in machine learning, Eliminates costly disposables, has a rechargeable battery, and an easy-to-use companion mobile app like other CGMs you would find on the market. How optimistic are executives about the future? Ron Erickson, the CEO and chair at the company, said No Labs is committed to delivering an accessible, affordable, and accurate solution that improves the current standard of care and enhances the quality of life for those living with diabetes. He said No You brings us closer to a future where equitable care in diabetes management will become a reality. What's the next news story that we have? Biosense Webster began a trial for the laminar left atrial appendage or LAA elimination device. J&J's acquisition of laminar late last year sort of signaled its intent to get into that LAA space. And now it's clearly taken the next step in that process. What are some of the study details? 
Well, Dr. Saibal Carr of Los Robles Health System and Dr. Devi Nair of St. Bernard's Health and Vascular Center performed the first procedures of an FDA investigational device exemption trial. Biosense Webster said the cases mark a significant milestone on the road to non-valvular AFib or NVAF treatment. It's a prospective, randomized, controlled, multi-center, open-label study looking to enroll 1,500 patients across up to 100 U.S. sites, evaluating patients with NVAF deemed appropriate for left atrial appendage elimination to reduce the risk of stroke and systemic embolism. And it'll compare the safety and efficacy of that laminar system to commercially available LAA closure devices. And I know we've talked about the laminar device before, but can you tell us again what that device is? Yeah, so last November, Johnson Johnson MedTech completed a $400 million upfront dollar acquisition of laminar. And with that buy, brought in that left atrial appendage elimination or LAAX technology. Unlike other LAA technologies, which exclude or occlude the LAA, Laminar's aims to completely eliminate it in the treatment of AFib. Rather than use catheter-based devices to plug and occlude the appendage, Laminar's approach utilizes what is described as rotational motion. And now what's our final news story? A high-ranking BD executive is set to retire. He's been there for around 10 years and holds a key role in the company's life sciences segment, but will be leaving in the next few months. Who's retiring and is the company naming a successor yet? So Executive Vice President and President of Life Sciences Dave Hickey plans to retire effective July 1st. The company says it plans to name a successor to Hickey before his retirement date arrives. So right now there's nobody in line to replace him, but there's a four-month period for BD to find that successor. What is some of the work that he has done at BD? Well, he originally joined BD in 2014, serving as president of Diagnostic Systems. He then took over as president of Integrated Diagnostic Solutions in 2019, and then began leading the life sciences segment, the role he currently holds today, in January of 2021. CEO Tom Polin also highlighted his contributions to the company, which included leading the company to develop diagnostic tests during COVID-19, which, as we know, was what every company was really trying to accomplish. And obviously, as a leader in the diagnostics and life sciences segment, Hickey had a huge role in that at BD. It sounds like he's really had a successful career at BD. Did he offer any parting words? Yeah. So in a news release, Hickey said that throughout his career, he's been driven most by the people he's had the privilege to lead, the important work done to help patients around the world, Across 10 years at BD, he said he's worked alongside some of the most incredible and talented teams in medtech who have delivered countless research and diagnostic innovations and are having a profound impact on people around the world. He said he's incredibly proud of what the company's accomplished together with him and is confident in the continued success of BD now and in the future. And that was the final news story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us all the news. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.